Well, my first thought about this is that Colin has gotten used to giving in to avoid conflict. Someone who wants to just give in, avoid the conflict so they don't have to deal with it. But then he knows very well when he does that, they'll either take advantage of me, right? Mm -hmm. Or if I hold my ground, they'll say I'm being unreasonable. And that's what we have always called the double bind. Yes. If I give in, she's not happy. If I don't give in, she sees an opportunity to step on me. Yes. And it just makes me angry. And then she wants more and more and more. And it's that give them an inch, they take a mile concept. So I feel for Colin because I've had many clients on this side of things where they're just frustrated because it doesn't matter what I try to do to keep the peace. My co-parent doesn't like peace. Right. Hi, this is Diane Dirks. And I'm Rick Voiles. We've been working with co-parents in conflict for more than two decades. We've taught classes, written books, counseled parents, empathized, agonized, and blown our tops a few times to help people make sense of their complicated families. Yes, we were talking one day and it occurred to us that helping the most difficult cases really comes down to one simple concept. Is one parent willing to let go of the tug of war rope or is it worth it to hold on and fight? Well, the answer to that question depends on a number of factors, like the child's age, the level of co-parent conflict, and probably most importantly, whether or not the issue in question is something the child really needs resolved. Or will he just remember the fight you had about it? Our combined years of experience and our practical way of looking at co-parent boundaries makes us a great team to address some of the most difficult issues facing co-parents today. With our philosophy of either holding on or letting go, there's not a dilemma we can't provide a solution to. In fact, there may be more than one solution, and what you choose depends on the values you want to teach your children. So we invite you to take this journey with us each episode as we tackle the questions, should you hold on or let it go? Welcome to Co-Parent Dilemmas, where we give you practical solutions to those impossible co-parents. Hi, Diane. Good morning, Rick. How are you? It's actually afternoon. Good afternoon, Rick. (laughs) Good afternoon, Diane. How's it going? (laughs) I'm well. How are you? I'm still tired. (laughs) So all of our listeners, let us know which one of us you prefer. (laughs) Doing the opening. <laughs> now it's a contest. <laughs> Rick and I are very competitive. <laughs> and so, no, I'm just kidding. That was very good. Just so you know, I practiced it all morning. Did you? Yes. Oh, very good. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So today we have an email from Colin. And I thought that I would read it. He's talking about a co-parent who's just impossible to negotiate with. And that's kind of the theme of our show, right? Yeah. That we're giving listeners solutions to the impossible co-parent. And there are many, many ways to be impossible, right? Oh, yes. So Colin describes it this way. I have been divorced from my daughter's mom for two years. 
I heard you say in a previous episode that if things don't settle down after a couple of years, then it might be a long-term problem. My daughter is only four, so I can't imagine dealing with my ex like this for the next 15 years. No matter what the issue is, if I say black, she says white. She fights with me just for the sake of fighting. Sometimes I try to use reverse psychology and suggest the opposite of what I want to get her to choose what I really want. It's maddening. I know I can't change her, but I need some peace. Summer is coming and we're supposed to work out our holiday schedule with each of us choosing two consecutive weeks. I have first choice of weeks and even years, but I would bet that as soon as I choose my weeks, she will throw a fit about something she already has planned and how I knew about it and I'm choosing certain weeks just to hurt her. I know that sounds crazy, but she does this all the time. Her discomfort or upset is always my fault. So should I forgo my right this year and let her choose first, even though it's my turn? Or should I just follow the plan and deal with her harassment and irrational blaming? To complicate matters, I have a trip planned with my extended family this summer and would love to take my daughter with me, but I am worried she knows about it because she still talks to some of my family members and she'll choose that week on purpose if I give her first choice. I feel like I lose either way. Thanks for your help. Wow. First of all, I want to say thank you, Colin, for listening to the show. Yes. And writing to us. And Rick, this is not an uncommon issue, is it? No. Uh-uh. How many times have you heard this in your practice? Oh, how many times have I actually seen this happen? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're a summer vacation and it just becomes an uproar between the two parents. Yep. Yes. And we are upon that time, actually, right upon it. We're... School is going to be letting out soon, and parents are going to be onto their vacation times. We've had conflicts about when the summer really starts. Is it the Monday uh-huh. after school lets out? Is it the hour that school lets out for the summer? Yes. Uh-huh. When does it end and does the school year start? And there's a lot of potential for conflict around the summer. Months. Very much. Yep. Yes. And there are many parenting plans. It's amazing how many ways you can poorly write that section of a parenting plan. Mm -hmm. My favorite is you can't have more than three weeks in a row or three weekends in a row. Well, I don't know about you, but summer is no longer three months long. No, Uh -uh. Right. In most cases, at least here in the U S summer is more like eight to 10 weeks long. Yep. And I don't know how you manage all those details when there's not that long of a period that we're talking about anymore. And I just went through that with, so the parenting plan said it's a, it's a on off, right? It was 50, 50 week on week off. And -hmm. then during summer, they got two weeks, but it also had the clause that no parent could ever have three weeks in a row. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. How are we going to do summer? So you have to do two weeks and two weeks kind of together to rewrite it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I like attorneys, but sometimes they are uh, in too much of a hurry to get these cases over with, which I understand, but they don't think about some of the details. So, yeah. Well, my first thought about this is that Colin has gotten used to giving in to avoid conflict. And we've talked about this in other episodes. Someone who wants to just give in, avoid the conflict so they don't have to deal with it. But then he knows very well when he does that, they'll either take advantage of me, right? Mm -hmm. Or if I hold my ground, they'll say I'm being unreasonable. 
And that's what we have always called the double bind. Yes. If I give in, she's not happy. If I don't give in, she sees an opportunity to step on me. Yes. And it just makes me angry. And then she wants more and more and more. And it's that give them an inch, they take a mile concept. So I feel for Colin because I've had many clients on this side of things where they're just frustrated because it doesn't matter what I try to do to keep the peace. My co-parent doesn't like peace. Right. And we've talked about the narcissist and I don't know if that's the case here, but a narcissist doesn't like peace because they can't really gauge whether they're in the one-up position. So they like to create chaos so they can take the one-up position right? right? in their minds anyway. Or some people just were raised with lots of conflict in their family and they're comfortable with conflict and they're okay with going at it. Some people are very paranoid. That might be the case with this mother. Maybe she's just paranoid that he is always trying to get something from mm-hmm. her or take advantage of her, take yep. advantage. And that just might be part of her personality or part of a personality disorder. So it could be many explanations for why this is happening. But my inclination is to teach Colin how to not avoid conflict, but how to learn to not participate in it. Yes. So a couple of things jump out here to me. I get this strong impression that this went on throughout the marriage. And it's just carried on the lifestyle that they've had. It's the dance. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is we've talked about this the other day. Most people, when they're trying to end a conflict or deal with a conflict, only think of cooperative strategies. So right. instead of parallel strategies, So if someone is in a circumstance where they really need to have a parallel co-parenting style, but they keep engaging in cooperative resolution techniques, in other words, giving up, giving in, trying to be nice, trying to, to cooperate, let's give the other person what they want so that they'll give me what I want one day, none of those things work. They need another skill set to manage so the parallel. Excellent point. So there are cooperative strategies and then there are parallel strategies. Yes. So can you name what parallel strategies are? Well, first and foremost, and I think we're going to get to this here, is the parenting plan that you rely on that, not goodwill, not kindness, not niceties, but you stick to the parenting plan. And then after that, the employment of good boundaries that we use, we we manage those with the mantras that we teach. I think those are two of the biggest ways to manage conflict in a parallel style. And if we go back to what was it, episode 43, I believe, where we interviewed the judge and he talked about how important sticking with the parenting plan is in these cases, then for Colin, I would say it's important that he is accountable to the parenting plan and that he follows it and doesn't let her off the hook. And then if she still refuses to let him have his daughter or whatever, that would definitely be a court issue, right? Right. Document that. If this were a frustration or conflict about something else that wasn't in the parenting plan, we would likely say, probably ought to let that go. Yes. Or maybe it's in the best interest of your child to not start a conflict about this, but this is a parenting plan issue. Clearly. And 
It is true. If you let her off the hook on this one, she will think the parenting plan doesn't matter much to you. And then you're going to find yourself letting her off the hook on many things that yes. are in the parenting plan, right? So we don't want to set that precedence when it comes to parenting plan issues. These types are usually very difficult in situations where the parenting plan is not very clear. Yeah. We've read plans where in one section it says one thing, but in a later section it seems to contradict that thing, and each parent is going to take the thing that yes. makes them feel better about it, right? And then they end up in conflict. Again, another way parenting plans sometimes are poorly written and that they're either not clear or they're contradictory. And so uh, parallel style, like you said, Rick, in these cases is to make sure the parenting plan is very clear to the point doesn't have to be extremely wordy or have lots of detail in it as far as different aspects of it, but it does need to be very clear in the, parenting, in the majors. Yeah. In the major areas, yes. Mm-hmm. The, the parenting plan's number one purpose is to protect the children from the conflict between right. the parents. It has a secondary nature of protecting you from the other parent as well. Keeping you from having to have long discussions about things that the parenting plan has already handled. Yeah, the the decision's already made. The parenting plan is clear, which is, if it is clear, that's wonderful. It stops the conflict. But it's not going to stop her from trying to make his life miserable. So that's what I hear him struggling with. How do I... How do I protect myself from the from the conflict? Well, just the complaining and the accusations that I get from mom, even when I do follow the plan. Yes. And it's my experience, too, that this is somewhat of an immature parent oh, yeah. who deals with a co-parent this way. And immature parents tend to rely too much on their children. They tend to bring them into the conflict, tell them things. that. So this is the kind of mom that I would envision would tell her four-year-old, I can't believe your dad is doing this to me. I can't believe that he won't let you come with me, even though it might be in the parenting plan. She's not going to say that to her child. She's just going to blame dad. Your daddy won't let me. Right. And try to turn the four-year-old away from dad or on her side. And it's in my experience that parents who are upset about this do worry about what the child is going to hear. Yes. Which not is good. That you, right. But not that you can control that either. No, no. But I worry that mom says, well, I would take you to Disney World, but daddy won't let me. And then she goes home to dad and says, mommy said you won't let me. And dad says, well, that's because the court order says, and next right. thing you know, poor this poor kid. four-year-old yes. knows way more about what's happening than she needs or deserves to know. So I would say to Colin, I don't care what your four-year-old says, mommy is saying to her, you just take care of her feelings. Yes. You don't give the defense. You don't say your mommy's wrong. She won't follow the court. None of that is helpful for a four-year-old, especially, but for any age child. And if she comes home upset because of what mommy says, you just say, that's a conflict between your mom and I, and we've got a schedule to work out and you don't need to worry about it. And when we work it out, we'll let you know. Yep. And just kind of keep her out of it. So you said something earlier, Rick, when we were talking about this email that he doesn't mention much about his daughter in this. Yeah, that really stood out to me. (laughs) Yeah. Say more. Well, I mean, so, so for instance, he tells us the daughter is four years old, but then the conclusion is, so I can't imagine having to deal with my ex for another 15 (laughs) years. So he... 
I, I don't want to assume that he's not paying attention to his daughter. What I want to assume in this is that this is so incredibly frustrating that it's eating up a lot of his life. Yeah. Yeah. We want him to be thinking how awesome it's going to be to be raising this child for the next 15 years. Yes. (laughs) And, and, and if every time I know this is counterintuitive, but every time mom screws up in front of the child, if you've Mm -hmm. created that dynamic where the child will come to you and talk about their pain, their frustration, Mm -hmm. their confusion, you win. Yeah. You're you're the winner. If your child will come and talk to you. Yeah. And we've had plenty of parents get so frustrated that just say, sometimes I just feel like quitting. Oh, you know, no. let, let the child grow up and come to me later because it's not worth it. And we want to say, Colin, and you're not saying that that's the case here, but don't ever give up on that. You can focus on your daughter and all the joy that she brings you without getting sucked in to the conflict with mom. And I think what you're saying, Rick, is so important to parallel style is just to communicate only when you have to stick to the plan. She tries to let's, let's play this out. Maybe for Colin, he emails her and says, these are the two weeks of the summer that I want to go on holiday. And mom writes back and says, no, that doesn't work for me. I've got a family reunion somewhere far away. I've already got the plane tickets. Right. (laughs) (laughs) we're going. What does Colin say to that in an email? Well, and I'm going to, again, say it nicely. Well, my smart (laughs) like side kicks in so easily. Yeah. Here's what I want to say, and then let's fix it. What I want to say is, well, I'm, I'm sorry you made those choices. I'm sorry that that is the way it's turning out. Mm -hmm. I didn't intend it that way. But these are the two weeks that I've chosen. Yeah. I would play dumb, maybe. He's got to treat her like he doesn't know that she's a manipulator. Oh, say more. (laughs) (laughs) Strategy. I like strategy. (laughs) So it's just kind of like, oh, I'm sorry that you made those reservations already. But keep in mind, the next time, please refer to the court order first. Um, Uh Uh-huh. Because the court order says that I have first choice in even years. So I went ahead and made my plans. I hope you can work that out. Yeah. A little empathetic. Kind of like, like, I'm sorry you interpreted it that way, but next time, please read it or ask me first. Yes. What what you're suggesting is that we say it in a professional way, like you would a a boss who is not. Right. Even though in your in your other brain, in your private brain, you're thinking horrible things. And here she goes again. And all of that in your public brain. Yeah. We want to pretend like we're not thinking that. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want her to know that. Because we do attribute motives to other people and oftentimes misattribute motives, right? Yes. You know, we don't know. We're only getting one side of the story here with Colin. So we don't know whether or not she's as bad as he says she is or whether or not he's very sensitive to her. I mean, Rick, you and I know this. We're both married. There's sometimes I can say something very simple to my husband and he's got a a thousand 
things he attaches to it. And I'm thinking, what? I just asked for ice cream. Like, how did you get that <laughs> from that? Yes. And it's yes. because we have a history, right? And yes, with that so, word. Yeah, yep. for whatever whatever the word is. And so conflict is so sensitive in co-parents. You can just use a very simple word and all of a sudden the house cards begin to fall, right? One on top of the other, the dominoes or whatever that tell you, well, that's because of this and this and this and this and blah, blah, blah. And now you've got her all figured out. So we always caution co-parents to be very careful about misappropriating motive or I know what this is all about. This is her doing her thing again or him doing his thing again and just treat each situation on its own. Yes. And um, I, I would go so far as to bet... She she knows his hot buttons. She knows what makes him jump and mm-hmm. and the ways to hurt him. That if he can create some of these mantras that mm-hmm. creates that protective boundary for him, then she's going to see it doesn't bother him. So let's play this out. If Colin says to her, oh, I'm sorry, I'm pretty sure. The choice is mine this year, but let me relook at the parenting plan. Let me check. Yep. And then she gives her the opportunity to write back and say, oh my gosh, I think you're right. I <laughs> sounds like in Colin's mind that she would never say that, but let's at least give our co-parent the opportunity and the benefit of the doubt to say, oh, I thought it was my year or oops, I forgot what year it is, <laughs> whatever. Yep. And rewrite that. That's why I'm saying be careful about attributing motives to someone because it could be an honest mistake. So we want to give people the opportunity to correct an honest mistake before you jump all down their throat about, here you go again, doing what you always do, right? Yeah. So you can't lose by taking that approach right off the bat. No, you can't. What was it? Now she may come back and say, I don't care that it's your year. I'm not, this doesn't work for me. Now, you know what her motive is. She doesn't care what the court order says she's going to get her way. And then that's when you gently say, well, I'm sorry, but I'd rather follow the court order because that keeps us out of conflict. So I'll be taking these weeks and thank you very much. And then you you don't entertain any more arguments about the weeks. Yeah. Repeat, 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 repeat is the way you set a good boundary. She may say something like our first episode, but I'm getting married that week. Uh Well, well, then we have to think about the the child in that situation. Oh, the child. Yes. (laughs) You remember. Uh, I forgot about the child. That's that thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And if listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to our very first episode where we address the issue of you're getting married on my weekend. So, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. There are many, many dynamics to take into consideration. We, there are so many different ways that thinking of the child needs to be looked at. In this case, it's about what's clearly there in the court order and the court order was written to protect the child. So this is quite clear, I think. Just have better boundaries. I've seen this conflict and I'm not saying this is Colin's conflict, but around summer where you have until April 30th at midnight to choose your weeks, right? Yep. But then it doesn't tell you what happens if you miss the deadline. No, it doesn't. (laughs) There's no consequence at all. (laughs) So if it doesn't say that, then it starts a fight because Colin sends his request at 12.01 on May 1st. 
And mom says, well, you didn't get it to me in time. So that just makes your request null and void. And I'm going to, you know, and then they're off on the fight. So if you're going to put something in the parenting plan, a deadline of sorts, at least write in what happens if you don't meet the deadline, but too often deadlines are put in the plan without any consequences. And then people make up their own consequences. Yes. Yep. And it causes a fight almost every single time. So if you're the parent who has the choice, make sure you meet the deadline so you can avoid that little fight, unless it clearly says in your plan what the consequences. Well, Colin, you know, she's going to do this. She's probably always done this and it clearly frustrates the heck out of you. And she probably knows that. Mm -hmm. So if we could create a response that you can find and consistently use so that she doesn't see that it bothers you then she runs out of reasons to keep trying. Yeah. Maybe taking the reward away and the reward is your upset. And if you remove that reward, that doesn't mean she won't try something else (laughs) to get under your skin. Yeah. But maybe at least this conflict will subside. And it sounds like you've been divorced, what, a couple of years. Yeah. Yes. Two years. And that does kind of begin to cause people to go into a better routine after a couple of years. But if it doesn't, just enjoy your child. And yeah, it's going to be annoying to deal with her, but it's not the end of the world. It's not insurmountable. No. I mean, a four-year-old is so sweet and precious. I love that age. They're uh-huh. so innocent. <laughs> so enjoy that innocence. Please don't put her in the middle of the conflict. If mom puts her in the middle, you take her right back out. Yes. And just make her focus on her own life. And if you keep doing that, it doesn't matter what mom decides to do. And maybe she'll get remarried and focus her attention on somebody else instead <laughs> of you at some point. Yes. And that, that sometimes that helps matters as well to have someone else to engage in the conflict with. So, but thank you for your question. And because especially as we come on to the summertime schedules, I think you're not alone in some of the fear of conflict over the summer. And Rick, I want to say this, I don't know about you as a parenting coordinator, and I know I've encountered summer issues all of my career. I really like when there's a week on week off schedule in the summer, Mm -hmm. unless it's something that parents just absolutely can't do because of travel schedules or whatever. And then just take your vacations when it's your week. Yes. And some people might say, well, I need two weeks because I go out of the country and, and that's fine. Then have a two week period and give him and her a two week period and settle it like that. But most people don't take two-week vacations in the summers with their kids. And so just do the week on, week off. I just love that schedule because there's no need to choose or negotiate anything. You just decide when the summer starts and when the summer ends. Then you pick back up at your regular schedule when, when the summer is over. And so that would be my advice for people going forward in the summertime. Because when you try to split it up in certain ways, there just aren't enough weeks in the summer to make it make sense. Yes. So if you're in the process, if you're listening to these and you are in the process of creating a parenting plan, then give these issues some thought and how you might word them so that you don't run into these dilemmas. Exactly. Okay, Rick. Well, that was good. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, we hope you'll consider becoming a VIP patron. When you become a VIP patron, 
You'll have access to live monthly meetings where Rick and I will answer your questions and we'll give you a preview of upcoming episodes. But these live Q&As are only for our non-impossible community who register at patreon.com slash cpdilemmas. Check out the link on our show notes and become a VIP non-impossible. The information contained in this podcast is generic. It must not be misconstrued as constituting legal or psychological advice. Decisions relevant to any specific individual, family system, or case require the direct evaluation of skilled, child-centered professionals.